Did you ever have something break on your scanner that you wish that you could fix at home for just a couple of bucks without having to wait for a delivery, without having to navigate through a manufacturer's website, only to hope that a older radio, maybe a radio is no longer even in production, maybe hasn't been in production for decades. You need that one little piece? How do you find it? Where do you get it from? Why not print it out yourself? Yes, print it. 3D printing. That's what we're talking about on today's podcast. Now, Matt Neely came to me. He filled out the form. He went to scannerschool.com slash guest and picked a date and a time that worked for the two of us to sit down and talk about this topic of 3D printing. Something I have never thought about before, but I'm now very excited to try. And I hope after this conversation, you are too. All units 10-3. It now appears as though shots are being fired. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. And on this podcast, we talk about all things scanner radio. And today we are talking about 3D printing components, parts, accessories, all different things you can do with a 3D printer, how to get started with 3D printing, where you can 3D print, what kind of printer to look for, how much it's going to cost, how you can design your own pieces, parts, or even modify components that are already out there on the web for free. Yeah, a lot of what we're talking about here is cheap and affordable. Some of it, maybe not so much, but we'll break down the differences here. The point here is we're going to talk about a tool that may be something you want to put on your workbench at home. Something that I've never thought about I would ever want. But after this conversation, man, I'm looking forward to getting my first 3D printer. And we will put links in the description of this podcast episode for some printers that you could look at and maybe some that are right up your alley. So with that, let's jump right in this conversation that Matt and I had about 3D printing. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today on the uh, Scanning School podcast. Thanks, Phil. Great to be here. Matt, before we start and get into the topic that uh, that you came to me with, would you take a second here just to introduce yourself to everybody who's uh, who's listening? Sure. I'm Matt Neely, amateur radio operator, NU8H. Been a licensed amateur radio operator for about 29 years now. Big fan of just all sorts of stuff in the the radio field. I've had a lot of different hobbies over the years, and and radio frequency or radio always seems to be always seems to be part of that as well. So excited to be on the show today. Love love the podcast. Be able to keep up to speed on some of the scanning stuff that's out there. And uh, this helped kind of reignite my my interest in scanning during COVID as well. So yeah, that's a, a little bit about myself today. I'll be talking a little bit about uh, 3D printing. One note there, I'm not an expert in this, but but you really don't need to be to do a lot of useful things and uh, have a lot of fun. So definitely a good thing to just uh, experiment with in the hobby. Excellent. Yes. 3D printing is something that I have not yet uh, experimented with. So I will definitely have a bunch of questions for you as we go through them. But uh, you're more of an expert on this topic than I am. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Hey, that works. Yeah. Excellent. And then uh, really quickly, too, before we start here, you're you currently scanning now or just going into the, uh, the ham radio side of the house? 
No, currently scanning now. I have an SDS 100 and 200. Okay. Actually broke out some of my older analog scanners. I'm now setting up with outside antennas mainly to get into some of the airband stuff. Nice. So between your podcast, there are also some folks at work that I uh, talk with that are into airband scanning. It kind of inspired me to find some uses for some of the some of the older scanners I have. Very good. Good uh, upcycling there and plenty of uses for the older scanners. That's great. So you're in uh, what area? You're in uh, Midwest or... Yeah, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, so a little okay. suburb outside of Cleveland. Nice. So you got plenty of plenty of air traffic to listen to out there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's uh, plenty of air traffic to listen to. Lots of stuff to listen to in the area. Lots of lots of rail as well that I've dipped my uh, toe into to listen to, as well as mm-hmm. the traditional police and fire. There's some encryption here, mainly around the police, but there's still a a ton of stuff to listen to on the scanning side. Lots of simulcasts though, so. Getting a SDS 100 or 200 was kind of required as I as I got back into this and just found the the simulcast issues were pretty pretty bad. But once you get past that, there's a there's a ton of stuff to listen to in the area. Excellent. I'm really glad to hear that you did not get discouraged by the encryption or the simulcast issues, and that uh, that you are enjoying the hobby. So that's always good. Again, that's why it's a hobby, right? Because you kind of you kind of pick at it and you learn a little bit, and then you you adjust the course and you learn a little bit more, and then you get discouraged, but then you you learn a little bit more, which is always yeah. what makes it a little bit exciting. So your love for the scanning and also more for amateur radio here led you down another different path, which can be a completely different hobby, right? And that was 3D printing. So let's uh, talk about that exactly. So let's let's look at it this way. If somebody has no idea and just knows the term of 3D printing, but has knows nothing about it. Can you explain in the basic terms what 3D printing is? Yes. It's basically using a device called a 3D printer. You can print out basically three-dimensional objects. Most of the consumer ones are printing them out in plastic. Uh, There are industrial 3D printers that can do metal, all sorts of other more exotic materials, carbon fiber, so forth. But in the hobby market, most of them print out in different types of plastics. Some of them will do resin as well. But the the high level, you can design your own shapes using um, CAD computer-aided drafting programs to uh, make something if you want to create something new. But there's a wealth of free material out there. There's a site called the Thingiverse, which if you go there and uh, just search for almost anything you can think of, likely someone has already put out there a free design that you can download for free, send to a printer, and have it print out the object in, in 3D form. Excellent. And can you just print out in a single color, or can you do multiple different colors in plastic on the consumer-grade models? For the most part, a single color. There are kind of some ways you can kind of hack it. Okay. The way that most consumer-grade printers work is uh, there's a platform and a printhead. The printhead prints out a single layer, and then either the printhead moves up or the platform moves down, then it prints out another layer. So you're kind of like layering pieces on top of each other to form to form the shape. On the consumer models, you could pause it between layers and change the filament, which is okay. the plastic that's fed into it to change the colors. But then that whole layer would be inside of, would be on that same color. So it's not like you could say, this half on the left is blue. This half on the right is red. It would be mm-hmm. kind of just uh, the layers go up. Now, there are, could be more expensive consumer ones that can do that. But for the most part, you're in, you're in single colors as, as well. I'm also assuming, too, that you could actually design this so that you could print out something in a single color. And then the secondary color could snap into or be assembled into the primary piece. So you'll have an inlay or two pieces out of different colors that would mesh yep. together in some way. That, that Being is, your complete control of the design, right? 
Correct. So you could you could do that as well. The other thing you'll see, you can usually tell a 3D printed part because it's a little bit rough and you can kind of see how it's built up in layers. Mm -hmm. So it's not unusual for people. They'll print out a part, then they'll sand it, do some finishing on it. Okay. Some will use like acetate to to melt it a little bit to kind of smooth it out and then paint it. So they're they're also folks that will paint it. It kind of depends on how finished you want your your product to be. For most of my stuff, I just leave it in the bare plastic because I'm looking for more uh, function over kind of showroom pieces. Mm -hmm. That would be another option for that. But yeah, you're you're spot on. You could also design it so pieces clip together, multicolor pieces. I mean, really, it's kind of your your imagination and your abilities inside of the design programs that's going to limit what you can create. Excellent. Yeah, I remember uh, I, I bought something. I, I forget where, what it was, but oh, I, I know what it was. It was something that uh, that I was looking at. It was like a, an extra piece that snapped over something. And uh, I, I noticed that there were the lines on it. I'm like, oh, this is just a 3D print piece of plastic that was printed that I paid top dollar for, expecting it to be you know, something that was... Yep. That was a little, that was molded, and I was a little bit bummed out that it was an obvious 3D printed product that wasn't sanded down and polished up to make it look nice. But it, in the end, it was very functional and it did suit the need. So, if it wasn't for the lines, I never would have known that it wasn't injected molding or other traditional forms of of building a component or part. So, you know, unless you're looking carefully, right? It's the the quality that you're going to get out of a 3D printed product is is pretty pretty good. Yeah, you can you can get some very high quality prints out of it. Generally, the higher the quality, the longer it takes, because if it makes the layers smaller, there's going to be less of that lining effect. And that's just going to take longer to print because it's going to have more layers to go through. So generally, the higher the quality to print, the longer it takes for it to print. But yeah, you can get some pretty high quality pieces out of out of the printers as well as also uh, pretty strong. Something to watch out for is... Some of the materials that you can print with at home are fairly susceptible to heat in UV, okay. so especially in the radio context. Uh, I need to keep that in mind. I printed a mounting bracket for one of my ham radios to mount the head unit in my car. Worked great, but I used plastic that's called PLA, which is a very common one used. It has a fairly low melting point. So after a hot Cleveland day, I went out and it kind of looked like a Salvador Dali piece that uh, the plastic kind of you know, <laughs> yeah. melted and drooped. So right. I need to then find a... A different plastic at a higher melting point works well. Also, a lot of plastics are susceptible to UV. So if it's something okay. you're going to put outside, that can be another case to, to paint it or, or look into the plastics you have. So those are just some of the items, but also this is another hobby of uh, lots of experimentation. Right. How long does it take to print a piece? I mean, I'm, obviously, the bigger the piece, the longer it takes. But what would be an average time for something you'd be looking at for the radio hobby? Yeah, I mean, I think like a, a desktop printer, no, a desktop scanner stand, I'd say, like, is a, a pretty common thing for like an HT or, or a handheld scanner. Those printed in high definition, probably anywhere from like five to 10 hours. Oh, wow. That's a while. Inside of that. So a lot of it is kind of set it and forget it. Check mm -hmm. up on it every once in a while. Uh, but we start these prints usually like before we go to bed and just let them run overnight. One kind of, of safety note there, just these are devices that heat things up. So we make sure we have a smoke detector in the room and all sorts of other we have a fire extinguisher nearby. We never had a problem, but kind of a better safe than sorry. But we have Absolutely. ours run overnight during the day. It's one of those things we just kind of set it up, let it run. We purposely got one that's fully enclosed. Some printers are more kind of uh, the print beds open exposed. We have them fully enclosed. 
so that my cats or kids can't mess with it when it's uh, printing so that like halfway through, we don't have it uh, malfunction. But yeah, so it can take it can take up to that amount of time. There are other things. I have a little stand for one of my HF radios that, that probably took 30 minutes to print out because it's a very small little just kickstand that kind of just tilts it up a little bit. So it it really varies on the time, but the quality is going to be the, the big item. You could easily cut a time in half if you drop it down to a lower quality. Okay. And uh, just to go back a little bit, when uh, we were first talking, you said that you could create designs in an AutoCAD. So what if somebody, you have an idea in your head for, like you said, like a radio stand, like how hard is it to, for somebody that's never really used CAD in order to to draw something up to print? The program I'd recommend using is one called Tinkercad. It's free. It's fairly user-friendly. I will say creating complex patterns on it is challenging. And what I would recommend, first, look at Thingiverse to see if there's a design in there that's close enough. Mm -hmm. For example, I needed a desktop stand for the head unit of my FDM 500, which is a mobile Yezu radio. I found a headstand for a different mobile radio on there. My head unit was a little bit heavier, so it flipped over. So I took that design, imported it into Tinkercad, made the legs longer, did some other modifications to it to make it just a little more stable. And that was easier to do. If I would have tried to create that stand from scratch, uh, that, that's a skill I've yet to really master. <laughs> gotcha. As well. Now, there are some folks that are, are really skilled with CAD. Uh, my wife actually does a ton of stuff with the 3D printer. She'll see something around a house of something that'd be useful to, to make. She's really skilled with, with CAD, uh, at least more skilled than I am. She'll go in, design something up, print it out. So she has more of an eye for that. I'm much more of the Let's find pre-made stuff to print or take mm -hmm. that and modify it. I've made some things from scratch, but they are really simplistic designs. Gotcha. Now, what happens if you have an idea for something that you need and you can't find it on Thingiverse? Is there a community that you could say, hey, I'm looking to have this built. These are the measurements. These are some photos. Can you design what I've sketched out here on paper? Is there a community that you can maybe hire somebody or somebody that enjoys doing that that would take a buy a coffee or something like that? I'm sure there is. I've never actually okay. looked at though. But just in this world, you can, if you're willing to pay somebody, I'm sure you can find somebody that would be willing willing to do that. I've okay. never looked down at that route, but I'm sure there's there are services out there that would do that. The biggest question would be the probably the cost. I've seen a lot of the 3D printing services online are more for professional mass production. So mm -hmm. doing one-off pieces gets very expensive. Right. So you don't want to get like a professional printer company to do your one-off piece or to design so you print at home. But I guess there's some freelance guys out there that would take on the design challenge just itself and send you the the file to print at home. Then I guess is what I'm trying Correct. to Yeah. Okay. I, I would assume so. Like I say, I've never mm -hmm. uh, never tried that or gone down that path, but I, I would right. I would assume that'd be the case. The the other is there are lots of 3D printing groups online. Right. If you were to ask there, you know, there's there's like a lot of hobbies there. Folks are very passionate, love to share about it, so would be willing to to talk to folks that are, are new to it or have questions. Right. So what you're saying basically is your part of the hobby at this point in time hasn't had you go down that path yet, <laughs> but but it could happen at some point. But right now, you've either been able to design your own or to, to find one pre-designed and modified it on, on Thingiverse. So that's good that you're saying, too, that a lot of stuff is already out there on Thingiverse. So it's... Um, it's a good place. Now, what happens if you need a piece 
and there's something that you want, but you don't have a 3D printer at home. Are you able to get things 3D, 3D printed? 3D printed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. And that, that was um, kind of the crux of this topic. And, and this, this actually started out as a presentation at a local amateur radio club I'm a part of. There's lots of interest in people being able to 3D print items. But investing in a printer is anywhere from a couple hundred to thousands of dollars. So this is a big thing to jump into. So a couple of places I'd recommend looking into Cleveland area, at least multiple of our libraries have 3D printers. So you can take a design from the Thingiverse, download it, modify it, send it to the library. They will print it. It is extremely cheap to print there. They're basically just charging you for the materials. Print it, be able to go pick it up in a week or two. Another place is looking at their makerspaces in the area. Cleveland has a couple of different makerspaces. These are basically people have gotten together, formed a community where they have different tools, other things available for making projects. A lot of those will have 3D printers uh, that you can use also usually at a, at a very reasonable price. So definitely recommend looking at those, those routes first to okay. see if anything's available. As talked about before, there are online services. I've generally found them to be pretty expensive to do a one-off piece. So I'd, if that's your only option, that's your only option. Uh, the right. other is if you're part of an amateur radio club, scanner club, I would be surprised if someone there doesn't already have a 3D printer. <laughs> With my club, you know, there are already three or four people there that have that have printers. You know, you ask them nicely, buy them a beer. They'll likely be able to help help you out with printing it out. But I'd really recommend looking at your local library because that, that's been the, the case. That's actually how I started doing some printing. My wife had some some things to print out, discovered a library had it. We started to experiment with it there and then decided, hey, this is really useful. Let's spend the money to invest in a printer. But it was a great way to kind of get get into the hobby, see if it was useful. Or if you just have, you want to print out a scan for your SDS 100. You don't want to buy a whole printer for that. Find one on Thingiverse, download it, send it to the library, have them print it out for you. It can just be a great way to get those one-off pieces done. Gotcha. And some of these one-off pieces or like the scanner stands whatnot. you can also find them already pre-done online and people are just printing them out at home and making a small business out of it too correct correct yeah yep okay. that, that is also very true a lot of the groups i'm on on like facebook and so forth there there are people on there that will also happily print them out send them to you as well so that that's another route and a lot of them are also pretty reasonable especially when you take into account cost of shipping and other items involved with that so that's another another route to go as well Gotcha. And I forget if I asked this before, but uh, obviously the size of the of the product would, would change this. But what would like an average cost be for something that you're looking at? Is it do you is it per linear inch or is it? I mean, what does it typically cost? Say for a radio stand that you're talking that you've uh, been talking about, what would that run to cost at home to build at home? Yeah, each um, well, if it's costing at home, if if you're to print out on your home printer, I'm filament is fairly cheap, so I've never. Okay done the, the breakdown cost on that for printing at the library, for example, in the area, uh, they charge something like 10 cents an ounce. So for an average printer stand, I mean, you're talking about a couple dollars. Oh, really? With that, now some other places get to be more more complicated. There's a, a makerspace here that's run at Case Western that has actually, I mean, state-of-the-art industrial equipment. That is great. If I ever need to print something that lasts in my car, I can print it there because you can print in plastics you can't do at home. There, gets the, the math around that gets more complicated in terms of they want to know the exact volume of it and other other factors, but they'll they'll step you through it as well. Most of the ones I've seen though at the libraries, you, you pay by pay by the ounce, pay by the gram, some sort of measurement on it, and it's it's pretty inexpensive. 
you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things to, to print one of these out. Excellent. And then just out of curiosity too, because again, I, I never messed around with 3D printing. You said the printer itself could be a couple hundred bucks to the sky's the limit, more or less how advanced you want to go. But typically what does the filament cost if, if you need to buy a spool of, of that? So the filament that I get is, is more expensive than most. Okay. And some of that is the printer I have is a Dremel printer, more expensive, but it's very simple to use. So I have smaller kids so they can use it. It takes same filament you get with others, but the filament actually has like a little RFID in the spool. So when you plug it in, it automatically programs your printer with the right temperature. All oh, that okay. That's cool. So yeah, super, super helpful in terms of user friendliness, but that, that cost <laughs> that costs money, you know, so it costs a little bit more. I'm just looking up right now what the cost of a, a spool of filament is for the, for the printer. And you're usually talking like 30 bucks for a, uh, a spool now in terms of what you could print with that i mean you're probably talking for like a desktop scanner stand if you want to print out those i mean you're you're talking something in the order of you know, just a rough guess i mean a lot but like 50 to 100 stands you could probably print out wow stands we do a lot of 3d printing here we have different filaments we don't go through spools that that often again if if you're running as a full-time business you definitely would, but it's it takes a lot to go through a spool gotcha. of, of filament. So yeah, it's it's a cost, but usually the printer is kind of the uh, the bigger cost there. Okay, and you said you print out a lot of stuff. What, what kind of stuff are you actually printing at home? I mean, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the radio stuff that I mentioned in terms of uh, stands for items. I make coax spools for coax or cable. So if I going out to uh, often do HF stuff outside the house. So if I'm going out to like activate in a park or something, print out those items and then just stuff around the house that comes up in terms of if I need to get a, a lot of our organizer drawers are 3D printed. We just see like, hey, there'd be a nice little widget for kind of small but useful example. We had a cabinet door that would swing open, but not quite all the way. It would stay open. So we just printed out a little holder for a high high strength magnet stuck out to the wall in a place where the door and then swing open and that would hold it open. So just lots of little things that mm-hmm. we, we print with the printer. Uh, my kids will print out stuff with it. My son likes to build raspberry pies. So he's always designing custom raspberry pie cases, printing those out. They're thinking of stuff that they want to be able to try to make and, and print out as well. So they're always coming up with like little projects and stuff to, to print out in terms of, they, you know, someone's trying to make a kind of like a, a, a squirt gun that goes on the end of a hose. So he was designing parts in there and Tinkercad, printing them out. Most of them didn't work, but some of them did. And, you know, a good way for him to kind of learn, learn CAD, experiment and, and play around with stuff. So we use it for just a lot of little things. Once we had one, you know, there, there are times you'd see something at the house where it's like, man, we really need something for this. You know, if you look on Amazon, but then you also look and see like, Check on Thingiverse. They have something that's close. I need a little organizer that fits in this area. Great. See what someone has on Thingiverse or, or create one. Print it out at home. It's not going to be, again, as high quality as injected plastic. Right. But it works great. And you can usually, you know, you can customize it to that exact space, which is wonderful. That is really cool. I, I mean, it's it's almost like instead of going out to the workshop and, and finding a piece of metal and or, or a piece of wood and sanding it down and making something, you just... Now you just print it out of plastic, right? Everything's made out of plastic. <laughs> and yep. uh, you, you print it out and, and you have a custom-made thing. That is 
it's it's really become it sounds like an extension of the workshop almost at this point that all the things you can you can fix with it almost yeah that's that's actually i mean that's a great analogy other item my son recently got into typewriters like old school mechanical typewriters oh wow okay he bought a 1940s remington off of ebay was fixing it up he got some printer ribbons off of amazon but the ribbon cartridges didn't fit so he did some measurements and basically made ribbon cartridges, printed oh, them out, wow. turned a ribbon over. So there's all sorts of parts for replacement parts for stuff. So, yeah, I like your analogy of it's kind of the extension of the workshop. But previously, you'd go out, you'd find a piece of wood, mm-hmm. find some metal. You kind of uh, craft something with this. It's more download it, design it, print it, and have access to some, some unique parts. All right, let's take a quick break from this conversation that Matt and I are having to just remind you that this podcast is supported by our Patreon supporters. And this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for not only all of you listening and part of the Scan Nerds community, but for our Patreon supporters as well. As a reminder, you can help support the podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. And if you are a $3 or a month higher supporter, you don't get this upcoming break and you get the podcast early. So please go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon to help support this podcast. Everybody else, we'll catch you all in just one second. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. So my mind's, you know, moving right now. So I'm thinking just in general, like you have a, uh, like the old Uniden, you know, 780 XLTs, the 785s, right? The, the, the dials will crack on those. So you can, in theory, reprint out a reproduction dial for those scanners or 
something to like like you're doing right when you do the potas you're you're wrapping the coax into a coax holder so you can carry it with you and it's not a rat's nest when you go to take it out the next time but i'm sure you could do something like that if you're doing cable management for uh, your scanner setup or maybe even something you can build a 3d channel or you know like a c channel out of plastic that you could hide your cables in cup holders i'm guessing would be something you know uh, radio mounted cup holders or even like people are complaining too, like the SDS 100, the batteries swell up and it blows out the clip on the bottom of the of the uh, radio. And I'm sure you could reprint a SDS 100 battery door clip for a couple of pennies, probably, right? And then fix that piece on on the scanner. I can almost guarantee I've seen pre like uh, designs for SDS 100 battery clips on Thingiverse. Ah, I mean it's just, uh, and I'm just checking now if I just do a search for SDS. 300 there are a couple stands that come up there's a vent mount yep there's there's a couple battery clips so uh, there's sms adapter knob so there's really that is yeah. insane so i mean i know people too they they lose the belt clip off of those or the little uh the nipple i guess is the best way to say it on yeah. the back of, of that that i mean that's all gonna be replacement parts so instead of having to to call the manufacturer and saying hey i need a new one of these you just take care of it at home yep that, that is definitely possibility and then if you mentioned cable management if you look up cable management you'll probably have hundreds of items that people have come up with in terms of cable trays cable management it's very common to see people that have already kind of designed replacement knobs for four different radios four different items so that that's very possible the the one thing just to keep in mind like the belt clip which could work mm-hmm. is making sure you know again some of the plastics don't do well in heat don't do well with uv right. So just making sure from kind of that material science point of view, you're not putting on there a, a, a brittle belt clip or brittle item that is going to drop your drop your expensive radio. But right, then you got to make a whole new case <laughs> out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, you know, there's, there's it's it's an interesting world of just uh, the amount of stuff that people are are making in it, and yeah, replacing parts is getting to the point where it can be 3D printed. Mm-hmm. That's actually in the industrial sense. Some car companies especially some of the very exotic ones at dealers have 3d printers that can do carbon fiber can do metal and they're when they get some of the replacement parts not all of them it is something that is just 3d printed there so it's it's an interesting world and especially in the industrial side you get into some very high high strength unique items if you need to print something in carbon fiber there are 3d printers that can do that which will then be super super light super strong again not not the consumer grade but right, it's an interesting right. world of how you can then create items. And because of the way the printers work with putting down layers, you can have complex patterns inside that you could not do with casting. You could not do with like a subtraction method method where like you see and see things out. So you can get some very complex patterns inside that are pretty unique capabilities of 3D printers. Interesting. Uh, you you have me sold now on 3D printing, and it seems like something I'm going to have to start taking a look at. So what would you recommend as a beginner's printer or let's, say that, let's make that part one, a beginner's printer. And then if somebody wants to go up one level, then what would you recommend at that point? So for the beginner's printer, there, there are lots of good ones out there. I've heard very good things about the Ender brand. People seem to like those a lot. A great article to look at if anyone subscribes to QST or is, you can access it online as well, uh, which is the ARL's uh, magazine. The October 2022 issue 
was focused on 3D printers. So they gave reviews of what is 3D printers, different 3D printers, pros and cons, how to get started. So that was a that would be just a great a great source to look at. Uh, but for someone that's starting out, MakerBot, the Ender brands are 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 two popular ones. If you go to YouTube, different sites, I mean, this is one of those things where you can read a ton of reviews on them. If you wanted to step up, again, the one that I went with was the Dremel 3D45, which is the most kind of their top of the line consumer one. So maybe it's 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 more than a couple steps up. But I really wanted one, and that runs right now, just looking online, around $2,000. Whoa. So expensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I want to. Yeah, but when you think about those. right, all, all all the money you're saving by printing out your own stuff at home and all the projects you're doing with it, right? I mean, two thousand yeah, dollars is a lot of front, but you're you're making up for it. Yeah, it, it's it's paid for itself, and and I also wanted one that was very kid friendly. Yes, I, I think having the kids be able to use it. And in some regards, I think of this: when I was a kid, I had an Apple IIe computer, got me interested in computers, and built up some of those skills. Yeah, I think 3D printing can fit into that. That could be a skill that could be very useful for the future. So I kind of viewed it as there's also kind of that that educational side and the fact that they now, when they get an idea, can go download something, design it, play around with it, print it out, experiment as well. So that's why it really drove me towards that. It's a very user-friendly printer. Again, as far as consumer one goes, that's on more of the top end, although... Like a lot of things with hobbies, you can pay as much as you want. <laughs> there are definitely more expensive yeah. ones, but that that is you know, kind of the more top end of the hobby market. Excellent. And where would somebody go to buy one? You just go online to say Newegg or Amazon, or is there a yep. specific place you're going for them? Uh, Newegg, Amazon are two. Definitely keep an eye on. If you have micro centers near you, mm, okay, they sell them. And they typically around, if you can wait, around like Black Friday, Christmas sales, they will usually have, especially I think it was the past few years I've seen, they have some of the more entry-level Ender printers at phenomenal prices. And with a lot of those printers, you can upgrade them. So oh, you can get another print nozzle that is higher resolution. You can upgrade the stepper motors to get more resolution. So you can start out with a really great base printer and then start to upgrade it tweak it as well. So that's another area to look at. I haven't done as much looking there than just kind of reading about it since we kind of have one that was already at the state we wanted it. But that would be another item to look at in terms of being able to get in into it. I, I think at that time, there were usually ones that were low hundreds, a little over, you know, one to $200 range you can get that would do a lot of really nice things, but it also has a great upgrade path. So if you then say, I really like this, I want to be able to print stuff in higher quality, do other items, you can then start upgrading upgrading it to one of the more expensive models kind of incrementally. Gotcha. And uh, another question I was thinking about too, because you brought up the idea of using the Apple IIe when you first got started in computers. And I'm sitting here recording on a MacBook Pro, but a lot of the radio stuff is only Windows-based. Now, does it matter if you're Windows or Mac or Linux when it comes to 3D printing? Can you find the CAD programs on any platform? So... I mean, we're mainly Mac here as well, although I have some Windows uh, systems for some of the radio stuff, because as you mentioned, it, a lot of the radio stuff works better in Windows and even some of the emulation stuff on Mac now doesn't work as well. The, all the stuff that we use in terms of CAD programs are web-based tools. So oh, you go okay. to a website, it's all done through a web interface. Similarly, the configuration tool, 
the printing software, so to speak, for the Dremel, where you, you'll take the design, you'll convert it from uh, most prints are format called STL. So if you go to Thingiverse, every file you download is going to be in an STL file. Take that, it converts it over to kind of the, the language for the Dremel printer. You can then clean it up, you need to go through a process to, to flatten it, do other stuff. And that software is all done through a web, web interface on the Dremel printer. For others, it may be more specific to Mac and Windows, that'd be something to look at. Again, the, really the experience I have is on the Dremel, and that is all, everything's web-based. You can get downloaded CAD programs. Usually a lot of those end up costing money and can get fairly expensive. So mm -hmm. we've really stuck with the, the free ones that are pretty much all web-based tools. So we'll work across just about any platform. Nice. So that, that tool you're using right now to modify those, just those, those components you're getting off a thing of ours, that's all a free web application. Yep. Yep. If you go to, yeah, if you just search for Tinkercad, it's just tinkercad.com, go in, create a free account. They they have a nice little tutorial when you start as well. Again, it's pretty basic, some of the stuff you can do. But I think every design that we have made here has been made in Tinkercad. Uh, definitely all the designs I've made and everything I modified has been in Tinkercad as well. So you can just nice. take a DL file, import it, modify it. If you do that, just frequently save because <laughs> there are definitely okay. times where uh, I get one part perfect and then I do something else and it completely messes it up. So the typical make make lots of copies. So if you mess something up, you can always go back and not need to restart from scratch. Gotcha. Now, I'm also thinking too, like I've seen online people have their call signs or letters that light up from the bottom that are done in clear plastic with like a little like, etching in it, something like that. Could you actually print out that clear plastic piece with clear filament in a 3D printer or... Is that something different? Like if I wanted to make a sign or a display? Yeah, the, 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 the style of printer that I have or does the layers mm -hmm. does not print clear stuff that well. You can get clear Because uh, you get the zebras? You got like a zebra effect through it? Yeah, you can definitely okay. see. I mean, it, it, it can look kind of cool, but it's definitely, it's not, it's not glass clear. Gotcha. For those signs, they could be using a CNC machine or there are also consumer home grade, consumer grade printers that print in resin. That I have not played with as much, but I do believe it prints out clear. Usually it's a smaller print area, but can get a lot more detail. And because of the way it prints, you don't get the lines and other stuff. Oh. There are resin printers with that. You say, I haven't gone down that that path yet. Yet? Someday, yeah. <laughs> Some, someday may get one. I mean, it's uh, and really I'd say my, the 3D printer is more of an accessory to a lot of my other hobbies, opposed huh? to like 3D printer itself being the hobby. But there are definitely cases I see some of the resin stuff. It's like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. And I got some friends that have them as well. And they've been talking about stuff they've made with it. So that uh, someday, someday maybe, maybe in the cards. Gotcha. So that brings me up to my last question that I have here for you, which is a really great segue into it was what's something that you haven't printed out yet that would be like on a wish list of things that you really would like to print, but maybe you can't do it now, or you just haven't had the time to sit down and finally get it printed or, or figured out with the dimensions. Do you, have a, do you have like a wish list? Yeah. So the the next thing I want to look at is printing out some new radio mounts for my car. So just want to, I had a, some old radio mounts that worked well, want to redesign them, kind of integrate them more into the look of the car. So want to want to plan that out, get them looking nice. And then from there, I'll probably take it down to, as I mentioned in Cleveland, we have something called the ThinkBox where they can print in ABS and other very heat resistant materials, so then get a, a really nice print out there. So that's probably next. 
next on my list of items, I'm still kind of figuring out where stuff will fit, and then we'll we'll start start messing around. Probably prototype it again at home, but then take it to uh, a place I can print it out in you know UV and heat resistant plastics. So it'll it'll last in the car. Nice. I'm almost picturing my mind something like a uh, a faceplate or something like that that goes into a box in the center console or your glove box or something like that. Right? It looks like it's kind of built into the vehicle. Yeah, it's 100 percent some of the stuff that I'm looking at and just trying to trying to find where where stuff fits, and then uh, we'll start start measuring and playing around. Wow. So long are the gone are the days basically of taking a piece of scrap wood, spray painting it black, or putting some uh, felt over it, stapling it on the back, cutting the hole in it, and basically sliding your radio through that. I mean, it's all been it's all been changed now. Like I said, it's it's okay. the new the new accessory in the shop basically in order to get some of this stuff done. And if the wood still works, go for it. But yeah, no, this is uh yeah as well just a great way to yeah come up with those new designs. So yeah, that's the next big big project and who knows before then i mean i i always think of other other little things where hey it'd be nice to have this check on thingiverse right. see if it's out there excellent now i know before we started talking about uh well, before we started recording about you coming back on and maybe showing us some of the stuff that you've been building but now after talking with you i am hoping <laughs> that that offer still stands because i would love to see some of the stuff that you've been working on and also uh have it there to to kind of show everybody via a video what it is you're building and, and how you're putting it together and, and maybe what the equipment looks like and, and, and stuff like that. So, uh, if you're, if you're yeah. interested in coming back on, I would love to have you on to, to, to showcase some of the products that you've been working on and, and putting together. Yeah, no, that would be, that would be great. Happy to go through that and can also share some of the, the missteps I've had as well. <laughs> oh, that would be great along the way. Cause again, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's an experimentation and that, that's the other thing I just say, if people get into this, Prints will fail. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You learn from it. You you try it again, as as well. But you can so can share share some of the times that I've I've done things that uh, haven't turned out as well. But again, you learn from that and uh, make it better. Excellent. Is there anything else that you'd like to bring up with this topic before we say seven threes? I think if if you are at all interested, I would just recommend going out to thingiverse.com and doing a search. Just Think of anything you need. Type in the name of your radio. Type in something that would be of interest to you in any sort of hobby around the house, and just see what comes up. And you'll you'll mm-hmm. be probably surprised of what comes up, and that may you know excite your interest to then find a, a local place that can can print it out to see if it's something you want to do for uh, get a printer long term. Exactly. And that's that's what I was going to say. It seems like the barrier to entry on this is very affordable. Basically, you get the free plans online. If your local library allows you to, to 3D print for cost, then it's really going to cost you a couple of bucks to get something that you found online and to see if it will be something that is of value to uh, to your workbench. So that's that's really good. So it's not like you're, you're investing the $2,000 on a printer. It's it's really only a couple of bucks just to, to, to dip your toes in the water. Exactly, exactly. Excellent, Matt. I really do appreciate you bringing this topic here. Again, I'm... I'm now thinking about adding one of these to my Christmas list or maybe even looking around for Black Friday and see what my local micro center has here on sale because like you're saying that uh, you could pretty much find those at a pretty decent discount when you when you look around Christmas time. Oh yeah, yeah. If, if uh, you're patient, they they go on sale, you can get some great get some great deals, but definitely check out your local library, see if they have that or if they're maker spaces. Great way to support them as well. Uh, and again, just see if this is uh, something that that's of interest to you. It's a great great way to kind of dip your toe into a, a new hobby or accessories to your hobby. 
Excellent, Matt. Well, again, thank you so much again for uh, being on the podcast and bringing this topic to us because this was definitely something that was not on my radar, but definitely is something I am now interested on after talking with you. So again, Matt, thanks again for being on the podcast today. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. And, and for folks out there, it was super simple to sign up. If you have an idea, go out, sign up. Super easy process. And uh, Phil, definitely appreciate all the work that you're doing on the podcast. Again, this is just a great, great service to community to get get out there, all the information on scanners and keep uh, keep folks growing in the hobby. And Matt, thanks again. I couldn't do this without you, especially a topic like this. So again, it's it's people like you and the community out there, the scanners that certainly help keep this podcast going. So again, my hat, a tip to you for, th- or, uh, for coming on here on the podcast this afternoon. Matt, thank you so much again for being a guest on the podcast episode and for taking time out of your day to talk about all things 3D printing. Now, again, this is a topic that I knew nothing about getting into our conversation. I mean, I knew a little, little bit about it, such as the fact that it was probably something that was over my head, that it was in plastic and the parts were 3D. (laughs) But I never knew that it could be done for pennies on a dollar, basically, if you're looking at getting a component already done, right? That's something that I can go to my local library and find out if they can print for me or if there are places around me that would print it or maybe even going to my local trader club and finding out if somebody there would be willing to print something for me. And not only that, but the tools online are very affordable. So again, we will put links in the description of this podcast episode for some of the printers that Matt was recommending and also the one that he is using. And also, we look forward to having Matt back on the podcast in the future when we finally get over to a full video platform here on the podcast, because yes, that is something that we are working on doing. And again, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, please go to scannerschool.com slash guest and book your conversation with us using the online calendar. And again, if you are 3D printing at home, why don't you share what you're building? Go to our scanners community over at scannerschool.com slash discord. And for those of you still on Facebook, you can share your projects over at scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian Arsenal, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, David Robertson, Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Glenn Davos, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, John Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgren, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendai, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.